Welcome to Trump the Water. My name is Aaron David. This is Day of the Moon. Not currently trading an FTMO challenge. Um, I'm still working my way through printing off the modules. 12 months of uh, the notes provided by the mentor. It's it's an enormous project. Um, I'm almost halfway through. So uh, it's been incredible just refreshing myself. But uh, I don't want to take another FTMO test till number one, I get over the trauma of the last one. <laughs> like, recover psychologically. And uh, as well, finish this printing out. I've got banana bread stuck in my my teeth. I need some coffee to wash it down. Yes. Ah, yes. So, um, I keep thinking about that movie. So, I had asked the ghost box what black and white movie. And I heard pretty clearly Mindscape. There's only one black and white mindscape from 1976, and it was by Jacques Druin or something like that. I think it's D-R-O-O-I-N, if I'm remembering right. And I didn't understand what I was looking at the first time I watched it. It's like a little over eight minutes, eight minutes, 35 seconds, I think. And uh, I didn't realize, I heard pins, but I didn't realize what the medium was. It is literally a pin board with one million pins um and just like those little things you can put your hand into from the back and it pushes the uh, pins forward and leaves the imprint of your hand that is exactly how this was created only on a much larger scale and it kind of blows my mind jacks didn't invent this style you can check it out on wikipedia this medium, but over his lifetime, he produced a lot of animated shorts. They're calling them animated uh, pinboard animation uh, for the, I think it's the National Film Board of Canada, uh, something like that, over his lifetime. And uh, I was reading on IMDb some of the some of the reviews. I think there's only like seven. Uh, and none of them understood it. Like, I had a very unique, like, eye into what the artist was saying because some of it reflected a dream experience I had had with the childhood home place uh, bursting into flames and everything burning. And after seeing this in this, in this medium, like this journey inward, this artist stepping into the world of his art so stepping into the realm of the imagination or stepping into the astral um what do i mean by astral certainly a place of mind and uh what we generally call the imagination it's where um kind of what we're put here to do is to imagine and then create from 
create forthwith <laughs> and uh just seeing seeing what Jacques was doing in the story uh, one of the reviews were even complaining about the storyline and it's like good god man good god you 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 uh it's like have no appreciation for something that's not a marvel superhero movie that you know bad guy good guy story good guy smash um there are things more nuanced than that that the artist can produce that the storyteller can tell the most interesting story is the story of self and that's what this was a story of i feel like it's my job i i'm gonna have to go to imdb rotten tomatoes and write a review as a critic of this uh that does it justice because there's not one there and uh i would suggest anybody listening to do the same because this is one of the greatest animated shorts i've ever seen and i've seen quite a few i love the i'm a, i'm particularly favored the lovecraftian animated shorts also the animated shorts of uh that that have been done around edgar Allan poe's stories <clears throat> yes and uh uh oh gosh it's a puppet puppeteer version of faust that is <laughs> magnificent as well good luck finding that one by the way uh i actually had to buy it through through i guess it was amazon probably the great shopping bin of the universe amazon but i had to buy it digitally uh to get a hold of it anyway probably people listening are just like yeah so like why wouldn't you want to buy it any other form <laughs> well i don't know i guess good points <laughs> but uh now do i really want a dvd or something like now that i'm thinking about it it's uh, no well maybe i not really no uh life has been about reading ridding myself you know the the actualization of burning the past down as portrayed in in that short mindscape um so after stepping into his painting uh finding this magical landscape he almost has like this shamanistic view of the world and it's almost like the world is showing itself to him he sees primordial rivers and the mountains form and then the mountains wear down and <clears throat> bodies of water come and go it's like he's traversing the aeons of time on the planet and then he comes to this cityscape and i immediately felt that this portrayed on this inward journey <clears throat> his childhood neighborhood um because that's the place you know i forget what is the quote about writing write whatever writing is bleeding uh it's it's not pleasant experience because you go to these emotional places that are uh repressed and suppressed and unexplored and if you push 
inside, there they are waiting for you. And so I just felt uh, that this, this was his childhood home. A lot of people are repressing their childhood experiences and the reality and looking back and seeing with the eyes of an adult what was happening in their childhood. That's painful. <laughs> and uh, so I just kind of intuited that this was what was happening within the story. And um, not only the story of his beginning, but of the planet's beginning. This was like a shamanistic revelation after his stepping through his painting. And uh, so then he comes into this house, this lone house kind of emerges in the vision. And he goes in and the door opens and he goes to a back room and there's a box and I knew that it was a toy box because my toy box was a cube, exactly like the toy box in this animation. And at this point, I'm creeped out. And then he pulls you know, some of the toys out, looks at them, and then you see them, and then they catch fire. And then the whole house is on fire. And I'm just like, I feel like I've been punched in the gut watching this. I feel like there's so much similarity. Um in the things that I've seen in dream and emotions experienced. And uh, it was just really weird. And then you see this withdrawal and uh, stepping back outside of the painting. And uh, what you see at the end is even more shamanistic. I think one of the last scenes is of a butterfly in the toy box. I'll have to watch it again, but honestly, it's one of those things that was so emotionally uh, impactful, you kind of don't want to watch it again. I've heard a movie described like that, and I, I haven't seen it, and I can't remember what it's called, but everybody loves it, but doesn't want to watch it for a second time because of the emotional trauma the depth of feeling within it. And I kind of feel like that <laughs> about this. But I did not realize, I do kind of want to go back and watch it again now that I realize it was created by a single man pushing pins uh, forward on a large board on the scale of a million pins. It's wild. So... um Yeah, if I take it and look at it as like, you know, I I constantly go back to this experience in which I essentially in Thelemic terms would have met the young daughter, uh, the father and the mother. And uh, this took place at a very incredibly high house in the sky representing that that mental plane you know uh up there <laughs> and uh you could also call them uh Nuit and Hadit if you wanted to um these are universal archetypes so uh, I don't I think it's rather silly to get up uh get up a hizzy over what they should be called and it's almost like the the immediate um, want in people is to build up church, 
build up religious figures within a church of, you know, what they're experiencing on the inner planes, <laughs> or however you want to put that. Uh, and I, that turns my stomach big time. Uh, big time, because I am very cognizant of what that looks like growing up in my church experience. And when I see people doing that same thing, it's instantly recognizable, and it disgusts me. Because there's no difference, no difference in uh, the outcome and consequence of doing that of becoming a religious person or what Christ called the Pharisees. <laughs> um, you know, Paul, you know, the Pharisee of Pharisees, coming to the self-realization of what he was then. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> there goes a siren. I never have learned to distinguish whether it's an ambulance, a fire truck. I'm pretty sure that's not a, a police siren. I've heard those behind me in the Dodge Challenger that I used to have before I exploded it. Used to hear those behind me so often. I know what the... the <laughs> I got the state trooper in the uh, Asheville Police Department siren. I know what it sounds like. <laughs> All right, so uh, I just want to note this. I wrote this on <clears throat> on Facebook, and uh, it's just kind of one of those insights that I came to about myself that maybe somebody can relate to. I can't really handle any music that isn't what would generally be called dark or industrial synth, a genre that has killed off the old stringed instruments and cymbals, and even the voice, and has a pulsating anger at its core. Or secondly, I favor a particular piano style I associate with New York City that oozes a feeling of the evening bourgeois upon urban towers of Babel with fountains of champagne and servers of oysters Rockefeller. I always blame this on growing up in church, a particular emotiveness in music, unless anger, makes me physically sick to my stomach. Only recently have I pondered that this may not be the root, only an unfortunate catalyst for an underlying autistic cause. It's almost as if I was designed to be fueled by a pulsating anger. This is what an enormously negative, in an or enormously negative way, manifests in my own generation, the Woodstock 99 generation. We weren't all there, though, engaged in barbarism. Some of us were of the displaced to this very day intelligentsia and of a more developed palette in music than Woodstock 99 came to the vicinity of reflecting. Neither would my class be at such a large gathering of cattle in the first place. We fear the beastliness of the consensus. I have no doubt that I am of the order of seraphim. If you see me in your dreams, my eyes will be a radiant red. 
<clears throat> that is, all of that is true. Uh, I think the seraphim, the fiery serpents of good, good. Anyway, uh, yeah, the caffeine's kicking in. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, um, the Capricorn and Mars relationship, uh, relationship of Capricorn, uh, Cardinal Earth with fire, uh, you know, like Beavis, fire, fire, fire. my own experiences literally burning my hands in the creation of an Aries Deccan one ring around that time. Um, there's just been so many experiences that, uh, make it kind of obvious that, uh, those are the rays I am, uh, dealing with um, in large, um, the Horus chapter three stuff. I mean, the Horus chapter three stuff, <laughs> the book of the law chapter three stuff, uh, warrior path stuff and, uh, relating this to trading. Number one, I, I, this is a journey of self-discovery and, uh, you know, most people I think would, uh, be concerned uh, and think that I need therapy or some sort of medication. Uh, but that's, I'm sorry, that's, this is what, you know, the, uh, Jung's individuation looks like. I think if I was a professional psychologist talking to, uh, other, other people helping them through what I'm going, putting myself through in a, uh, uh, you know, a professional situation, it would be better accepted um, socially, uh, but I have no interest in, (laughs) why bother? Who cares? Jump through all those hoops just because you're worried about what other people will think. I don't think so. No, no. I'd rather do things my own way. And, uh, there's no better way to achieve that than through becoming successful in trading. Uh, no one could be more self-realized uh, than the financially independent uh, person. And, and this is what trading achieves uh, in a way like nothing else can achieve, uh, or very few things. It's just like so many, there's so much failure because it's it's so hard of a discipline uh, to adhere yourself and extraordinarily martial. You know, if you wish you could have fought in Rome, you know, I would not suggest joining the military today. I mean, that's a possible martial path, uh, or, you know, moving to, uh, some place in Japan. That's like a mountain mountain warrior path of spiritualism. That's a possibility. <clears throat> or, you know, you could become, become a day trader. <laughs> that's going to take equal amounts of self-discipline and uh, martial uh, reduction in production of character. And uh, it's tough. Uh, So um, I forget what I was talking about now.
usually when that happens, that means I've said what I, what I'm, what I've come to say. <clears throat> I'm kind of like a balloon that gets uh, overinflated, and this is the place I come to to let some of that pressure out. It's like, and then it gets to a leveled off place, and I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Hmm. I believe that's in part due to uh, growing up, my dad was insistent that talking about things made them worse. And so very much did the opposite of what I do. Uh, I, I, I can't handle it if I don't let it all out. The words all build up. And uh, my, my son is opposed to my moon and uh i think this really explains the the me of the why of me <laughs> and uh my struggle um in in this incarnation and how podcasting how sitting here in a room talking to myself helps in a way that um is a learning experience of how to even uh, achieve communication in some normalized way uh i have to start way back here <laughs> beginning like this in a room by myself um and it also comes out i can most i can most clearly uh reflect what is internal uh, what would be the moon side um I can most clearly reflect that in the outward world through writing. And uh, my Mercury is in Capricorn. And I think that's just a place, you know, I wanted to be a writer um, for a very, very, very long time. And then something broke in my bibliophilia and I stopped looking towards the written word for salvation. And uh, since that point, um, it broke something where there always had to be this element of like a pseudo-intellectualism that I don't think is negative. It's almost like you're reading books that are above your level of understanding and then trying to reflect what you're picking up for it from it um that's just what growth looks like if you stick with books that you completely understand all the time you're going nowhere uh i think you should you know push into that and it would infuriate me when um the church people that I was around, I cannot count the times they would tell me to use a vocabulary not above the level. I think it was like a fifth grader or something, maybe even second grade. That can't be. It was something ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm like, do you realize what this does to future generations? Like, do you realize what this does to the immediate generation? Like, you want them to stay at a second grade level as well you know, as keep yourself there? Why? Why? 
never got it, never understood it. And so you have the, uh, well, you have the church dying off currently. Uh, It's been in that stage for a very long time, uh, but now it's to where it can be reflected in annual numbers on a chart. Uh, you know, number of closings annually in the United States of America. It's extraordinarily significant now. We're in the last stages. Uh, um, It's just simply not relevant the way people are not looking for a pastor in a group of people from their local community not when they can more align themselves with people who are like them through the internet and uh, find people that they actually can relate to, uh, not in this false, stilted way of we're going to all come together and sing a song. I mean, that's just absurd. Who wants to come together with pretty much strangers from your local community and sing songs and be under the authority of This one guy that tells you when to stand up and when to sit down. Nobody was looking for something like that. Nobody. I'm not. I think people that are haven't gone through that would maybe looking for it. But the people that grew up with it are looking for the door if they had not left already. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like you know people are in different places. Uh, Some people are just cycling through that phase of institutionalized religion, and some people are cycling out. And I think as a whole, uh, we're cycling out as a country, as a whole. Uh, It doesn't mean every single person is. I'm speaking in a a generalized way that would reflect a, you know, a chart. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I guess I had that to say. Now, I think I've said what I had to say, so until next time.